The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. and Beast Mike. How are you doing, Beast Mike? I'm doing pretty good. This was, uh, we finally we get through the, after all the waiting, after all the speculation, after all the, uh, thought process of how they're gonna do this, the Wednesday Night Wars have finally begun, and they both began with a bang, so I- I'm ready to do this. We also got Hell in a Cell to talk to preview, and obviously the Go Home Raw, we can't even do SmackDown yet, because SmackDown didn't premiere on Fox, but we got the hell in a cell. We got the go home raw to talk about. Yeah, so it is a good time for wrestling. I'm all good for this. Good time for wrestling. We'll talk about SmackDown next week and hell in a cell. It's just the nature of us recording on a Thursday on Wednesday nights now. It's just like we sort of have to do it between Wednesday and Thursday, and pretty and, much. And we chose Wednesday nights because it's instant reaction. Almost. Yes. Yeah, you immediately react to AEW and everything that happened and NXT and the Wednesday Night War. So we'll have to catch up. Obviously, we'll catch up with Hell in a Cell and everything else, like he just said next week. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this war, baby. Okay. Yeah. This is what I want out of my wrestling. Yes. It's pretty realistic. <laughs> and I think what made it great for both sides is that both knew they had to lead off with something hot. They both knew they had to lead off with a banger. And AEW leads off with Cody and Guevara in a good match. And then NXT counters with Cole and Riddle in a good match. So what I like about it is like, okay, you had to draw somebody. You had to draw your your biggest people in here. And one of WWE, one of AEW's biggest stars is obviously Cody. And one of uh, NXT's biggest stars is Cole. So it's a really good look to do that to counter each other right off the bat. And you know what the other thing I liked about is the lack of commercials for both. Like how they how they put the commercials together, how they did like the split screen commercial breaks. I don't know if one knew and the other copied or whatever, but I thought that was a really smart move for both companies to do that. Yes. I thought the Cody getting to Cody Guevara, that was a very good opener. It was very a good way to good. start it, yes. Guevara looked great. Um, yes, he did. And I like the story of Cody getting fits with these young guys like Cody, like Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. It's a great story to tell, and it would lead on to something later into the night, but that Guevara was involved with. But we go to NXT where. We're gonna do it segment by segment. NXT. Yes. 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 Open up. So Cole Riddle, good match. That was a good match. We we expected both guys to hit hard. Adam Cole obviously came in with the with the bump and the band, but uh, but Adam Cole did his thing, and big moves were hit towards the end. Ultimately, it was the last job of Adam Cole. That keeps the prophecy for now with the NXT Championship. We'll obviously get to the main event of the show later. But uh, the prophecy stays intact for now. Yes, and after Cody's match with Guevara, Jericho basically beat the shit out of him. <laughs> he sure did. Oh, did Jericho, Jericho body him? Jer- Jericho just, like, beat the living shit out of him. And this would be a theme for AEW tonight. Attacks! Mm-hmm. Um... We'll have a lot of attacks. Um, MJF versus Brandon Cutler. Um, um, MJF won as expected. Um, hopefully Cutler did not get hurt. Um, right. Started favoring his knee, but going slipping slipping off the rope. But 
but it was it was an okay match. I can't rate something like that though. But I think that was just like a like a match to calm everyone down after the Jericho involvement because Jericho's involvement had the whole crowd hot. So I think that I think that was just like MJF doing his promo and then SEU doing theirs. I think it was just a way to just like calm everyone down and say, okay, let's calm it down and then we'll build it back up later on. But I think that was, I think that was the purpose for that. Yeah. Um, then we had a couple segments where AEW at yeah the uh, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse of the they hype up the. Jay and Talon Bob reboot, which right, right. and then Helico and Jack Evans interrupt, which was pretty hilarious. Yeah, the party arrives to drink with Smith and Muse. Uh, they hype up the tournament next week. Then SCU was in DC, and they say this is the worst town we've uh, ever been in. That pro- somehow that catchphrase never gets old. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and it pops every everybody every time. Sure does. It, 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 it was actually respectable Obama voice too. It, it, that, that phrase never gets old. Like you, you can throw it anywhere, it'll all, almost always work. That is really good stuff. You get interviewed by Tony, and then Daniels and Kaz will represent them in the tournament, and right. the live, and they say they're the best tag team in the universe. Sarah Miedo. They brawl. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a full-on fight. This is a quality fight. Meanwhile, back at Full Sail, we had the Gargano versus uh, Shane Thorne match, and me versus and me and Shirai, which is the better match of the two. Uh, first, yeah, first, um, actually, chronological order was Mia and Io. Good match. Yeah. Good match between two of the better women on the NXT women's roster. They also did a couple um, – they did a promo video for Shayna and Candice LeRae, which was expected because that was coming on later on in the evening for Shayna's women's title. But then Mia and Io, good match. Good battle between the two. I, I like the flow and the chemistry between the two uh, women. Ultimately, it was Io getting it done, continuing her run and her rise as a heel. She is a really, really good heel. I am very good with this. I'm very good with both women involved here. I'm sure that they will not be straight away too far from Shayna's Women's Championship. Yeah. Next, next up. Okay. Back in, in, back in Washington. <laughs> well, this I'm is how we're doing it. Yeah, let's, yeah let's, let's, let's permanently do that. Let's permanently do that. Pac versus Hangman Page. This was fucking awesome. <laughs> this is the best page has walked in AEW. Mm. Pac came off like a big star. Really good back and forth between the two. Then um, Pac counters the Buckshot where it hits a low blow. Then the Black Arrow connects with the Brutalizer and Ref calls it all. Really, mm. really good match. Best match of the night. Okay. I... I- uh, so that's AEW's best match. All right, good stuff. Um, four stars flat. Really good. Then we had Dr. Brick Baker joins commentary, and then Nyla Rose and Riho. Um, this crowd was really hot for this mm-hmm. match. Um, and Nyla being her own They had a rough spot or two, but, right. but there were se- several good falsies. I'd give it three and a half stars. I, I... You know what? It was pretty. It was a pretty solid match because it was it was pretty solid because both women really and they played off the David versus Goliath theme. You know, like I know it's tried and true and it's a classic wrestling thing to do, but it played well just because it was pretty simplistic. Styles make fights. Nihilus, yeah. Nihilus is so much bigger than Rio is. And they were able to use that to a great effect here. So I think it was a very good way to throw it together, to put it together and make it happen. So that, that was a I good match. Rio, I felt Rio did a really good job right. um, making her a sympathetic figure um, yes. and wanting the cr- crowd who probably 95% of the crowd don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, besides the one or two times she, she was seen on AEW and 
you know, make her want to make them want her to win. And Mm -hmm. that's why I'm a little higher on this match than Zonka here. Zonka had a three flat, um, which I can't shame, shame for that. I can't shame that because that it was a good match, but I was a little higher on it. It did have his clunky moments, but ultimately I was perfectly fine with them. Probably three and a quarter uh, on the match there. It was it was productive. It, it, I thought the finish was a little too fast. I wasn't expecting that to be the, the double knees being the finish, but I, I was I was perfectly fine. I was fine with most of the match. Yeah, I was. Then we have. Let's just go over the elite. After the match, Rose attacks. Net, Net, Michael Nakazawa mm-hmm. and uh, Rio. Um, Omega makes the save. Yep, yep. Because she was about to get a DVD on, on the on the ring apron, and that would have been bad. That would have been really bad for Rio. Yeah, sir. Yep. So back to full sale. Uh, we go kick it with Gargano versus Johnny Gargano facing Shane Thorne, and what was a pretty productive match. Thorne looking pretty nice. Uh, as he continues his prep to do a singles run. But ultimately, it was a little bit too much. Gargano, Gargano gets it done, and Mr. NXT continues to handle his. In the meantime, there was also a pretty good promo by Velveteen Dream, who it's clear that he's going after Roddy Strong and trying to get back to the North American Championship. And they also previewed the NXT, the now NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I guess... The Cruiserweight title is going to be on both NXT and 205, I guess, is probably going to do it. But however it is they're going to have it uh, done, it's going to be Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak next week for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Did they actually say NXT Cruiserweight Championship? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, did. They, they, they legitimately said it. It legitimately had the graphic, the whole deal. Oh, okay. So. They, had the, yeah, they had the graphic, the whole deal. So they might be doing away with 205 Live pretty soon, anyway. It see, I mean, yeah, it's moving to Friday, but yeah, it, it seems like it's uh, the clock seems to be ticking, and they're, they're moving it apparently to NXT. So that's quite a that's um, at least what it sounds like. Then we had um, Candice and um, Shayna. Candice and Shayna for the women's title, right? Right, and. Pretty productive match, and I think it worked out the way that it should have. It worked out in a way of, okay, if Candace ready for this life, it turned out kind of is. And Shayna was able to be as physical as she wanted to be with one of the signature parts of the match being sticking Candace's hand in between where the sta- the stairs, like the hole in the stairs, and stomping on the elbow, which I thought, that's just new levels of violence by Shayna. So that, I thought that was a really good look. Ultimately, it was Shayna who retained, and I'm, as I'm actually looking at it, I'm actually on Twitter right now, and I see a video of Tommaso Ciampa. He didn't hashtag Adam Cole Pro, or he didn't put the at Adam Cole Pro directly, but he's targeting Adam Cole. Champa is on his way back, and I'm so looking forward to, to him going after his NXT Championship and Goldie. I am so ready for this. Oh, speaking of go- former NXT champions, Finn Balor, we should also, also mention, Finn Balor returned to full sale in NXT, and it seems like he's coming for, for, he's coming for Adam Cole just as well. So Adam Cole's going to have some brand new contenders coming back in, fall, in the fall for the NXT Championship. Yes. Yes, so... So let's take it back to D.C. Um, Take it back to NXT. Um, Also, Pete Dunne versus Danny Burch. Yes, Pete Pete Dunne getting it done. Uh, Pete Dunne beat uh, beat Danny Burch. It was a very good physical match, as you would expect. Oh, and to expand on the uh, Adam Cole... uh, Expand on the NXT Championship situation... Uh, with Cole and, and Tommaso Ciampa? Well, Tommaso Ciampa appeared at Full Sail. And is staring Adam Cole directly in the face. Nice. 
He's staring. Yeah, he, he he's staring at him cold directly. Actually, not even staring cold in the face. He's staring directly at Goldie. He didn't even look at Cole. He's looking directly at Goldie. The disrespect. Oh, and we'll get to some more disrespectful stuff that happened on Raw. But yeah, Chavez literally looking. He didn't even, he's not even looking at Cole. Now he's finally looking at Cole in like a minute. Well, let's get back to DC. Let's get back to DC for the main event, which had a lot of twists and turns. As we had the Elite versus Santana Ortiz. So. There is like they they did their normal tope sequence and then Terminator. You think Omega's gonna go over? But no, no, this is not how it, this should go. John Moxley arrives and basically kicks Omega's ass. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, and Moxley hits the Death Rider through the glass table. Then we get back to the tag match after a commercial break. Really good heat sequence between the LAX and Jericho and uh, Matt yes. Jackson. I were really enjoyed that. Very I good. Flow. I love the flow of this match. I love the flow how we talked about it before. Could Jericho keep up with the speed of the other four guys, the other five guys in the match? The answer, quite honestly, he didn't have to. This is really, this is really more or less about the tag, about the tag teams, and about how those four guys were just able to go all out and boss to the walls, honestly. And then Jericho got in where he fitted, but this is really about the tag teams. I think that was a smart way to play it. Yeah, I, I thought, um, I thought that was good, and then the main event angle, which was. Really good. Cody makes the save. Team Jericho continues it. Is that Sam Gubar? Then Lobos, Cody, and then Dustin arrives to make the save until Jake Hager, yes. the people, come and out. You know, and you know what the best part about this? I'm glad you said we the people. Think about where this was Washington, D.C., nation's capital. Think about the gimmick. And Jake Hager, by the way, for those who don't know, that's Jack Swagger. Think about the gimmick Swagger used to do, the We the People stick, and, and, and talking about the whole like, like patriotism and all that kind of stuff, and the All American America, all that kind of stuff. It's the perfect. It was either DC or Philly where you had to debut them, and it was a really good way to do it. And the crowd went nuclear when they saw him. Yeah, I thought that was dope. And then you get the meanwhile going taking it back. And Jericho, by the way, Jericho's team won the match. By the way, as uh, Jericho dropped the uh, Judas effect, was it on Nick Jackson? I think he dropped it on, or was it Matt? Because he intercepted one with the with the code breaker, and then pinned the he other one with the, with the Judas effect. and hit Nick with the Judas effect. Yes, so he he pins Nick with the Judas effect, but he after he intercepted Matt, who was I think going for the BME, and, and he got caught. So that's just great timing by Jericho. As we know, Jericho is excellent when it comes to his timing. Oh, the driver, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, that, that, yeah. that is Daniel's best moonsault ever. Okay. Yeah, best melted driver. So, okay, the BMP, I should say. But you, you, everyone, you, you get what I'm saying. It's, uh, so I mean, all the heels basically went to town with all the faces with the power play. Uh, so the guy, I like idea of a like anti-elite faction yeah. with Jericho, Hager, Santana Ortiz, and Guevara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. Versus both Rhodes, both Bucks, and Omega, which I, which I think that works. Although Omega's got his, he's got his hands full of Moxley, so you're going to need a fifth for Cody's hey, team. Hangman. Which, which hang, yeah, Hangman makes the most sense. So yeah, no, that's a that's a good battle. I, I can roll with that five on five as a thing. I can certainly roll with that five on five as a thing. That would be good. That would be that would definitely be good. And then we take it back to full sale to kind of close out the uh, the Wednesday night war review. And the Street Profits getting led to the ring, the ring by Wale, who's an avid WWE fan, uh, against undisputed eras Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish. And this is the effectively the third match in their trilogy. 
of matches. They're one one going in. This worked out pretty effectively. This worked out pretty well. Both teams seem to have good flow with each other. Both teams are really good in the ring against each other. I would say probably NXT's best match, even though Mia and EO were good, were really really good, and Cole and Reynolds were really good. But uh, I'd probably say this is probably the best match of the of the night for NXT. And ultimately, it was undisputed that they were getting it done and retaining the tag titles. So the prophecy will stay fulfilled for another evening. But all in all, a really good evening by both shows. And, and both, both companies did their thing. So good job by all parties involved. Yes. Now we have to do which show is better. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with your reasonings, Mike. I went with... Now, this was a tougher one, but I went with AEW, and I chose AEW because I think it had a little bit more of a shock value. I like that they, they started hot with, Co- with the Cody match, and they really, there weren't that many cooldowns. I mean, the MJF match was kind of a cooldown, but there weren't that many cooldown effects with their show as opposed to NXT's uh, show this evening. I did like the Chopper return. I thought that was a good night to play it. I did like the Finn Balor surprise. That was an interesting hook. To see who gets the first next crack at, at Cole is going to be very, very entertaining. Plus, they tease a, a, a good match coming up with Gulak and, and, uh, and Leo, which I think is going to be dope. But ultimately, I think AEW, I think, had the better evening. So I'll give them the, the check for, I'll give them the check mark for this week. I'll give AEW the check mark for this week as well. I even though the NXT tag match was very, very good. It really was. It really was, yeah. I thought the other two title matches sort of disappointed. Can we say that? I don't think yeah, I think it was Cole Riddle I thought were was productive. I kinda wish they let off with I, I understand why they let off with Cole and Riddle because you needed something to counter uh Cody and Gubara, but I kind of wish they let off with Shayna and and uh, Candice. I get it; they wanted to build it up a little bit more because Candice hasn't been on a main event women's title scene. This is literally her first shot at the title. I get why the, you held that off till later, but yeah, I wish I kind of wish that one would have let off and they would have kind of like built up and kept building and building and building and have the Cole match. I don't know if you want the Cole match. I guess you have the Cole match last and then have Chompa return. And, and, and Chompa come out and pretty much make his intentions known for Goldie. But yeah, I think AEW got done tonight. I think AEW was the, was the most so good, but yeah, I'll, I'll go AEW win this round. Yes. And then they did have a dark match before and after the show. They had a Seema uh, versus. Um, Darby Allen match, which I would have liked to seen, but hey, and then and then the uh, the uh, six man tag between Jurassic Express and SCU to end the night as well for for their uh, crowd as well. Jake Hager, Jake Hager just tweeted, "They all fall down." All right, hashtag RIP Jack Swagger. At AEW on TNT. Mm. There we go. Okay. So, they basically, I think what they plugged, they plugged the uh, tag title tournament's going to start next week uh, for AEW. Uh, Dark Order got a bye with their win over, with their win at the last pay-per-view. Meanwhile, I told you about Russian Gulak, and they got Walter versus Kushida next on NXT, which I think should be dope. As Kushida tries to recover from the beating that he took last week. So that should be nice. We got some uh, some drama. Pete Dunne and Damian, Damian Priest wants beef with Pete Dunne. That should be entertaining. We've seen Damian Priest with some good battles in NXT. So that should be an entertaining situation. Right. Right. So we have some stuff for the next takeover. Yes. Which in Los Angeles, right? Um, TakeOver L- No, they actually haven't put any matches up for TakeOver LA yet. They haven't done anything for TakeOver LA, too. Uh, at least not yet. 
No, no, but that is the next takeover. Right? That, that, that's where the next takeover is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be in LA. Okay. And then and then take over and then in January we take over Houston because Houston gets the Rumble weekend. So that, that's the next two takeovers uh, will be LA and then Houston. It's actually doing worlds collide and and plays the NXT takeover. Um. Oh, so now we'll get takeover for Survivor Series weekend. Royal Rumble weekend. Oh, okay. Oh, so no, wow, they'll take over for it. Mm. They're doing like that. Probably. I don't know. I like I like take over on the core four week pay per views. I don't know if I like that. No, they're gonna make like Worlds Collide like a big event. That's what what it is. All right, fair enough. You get turned into a big deal and cool. Let's turn into a big deal. They have the UK boys on it and they have 205 on it. All right. That's fair. But obviously, we've got Hell in a Cell coming this week. Let's, let's preview the matches by... There's only... Th- Holy shit! There's what? Five matches? There's only three. Announced. Yeah, that's right. There is only three. So, so we can't really preview this card. Yeah, there really isn't a card to preview. I mean, no, it's true. Because Raw, all Raw, Raw basically, they basically previewed Fox and SmackDown. And they've kind of been, their attention's been so heavy on SmackDown, they really had three matches on, on Hell in a Cell. That's a really good point. One match for Crown Fucking Jewel. Yeah, which they started putting on this week. So, yeah, Flair and Hogan are going to have five on five teams. And the captain of Hogan's team is Universal Champion Seth Rollins. The captain of Flair's team is his evolution mate, Randy Orton. Joining Flair's team is Baron Corbin, King, aka King Corbin, as we know. And joining. Sure. Uh, he'll, just, he'll just go with Corbin, who still doesn't have a working chair. Did you see how uh, Corbin's chair uh, fell apart during a commercial break? Yeah. <laughs> that, Orton, and, and, and Randy Orton's face, Orton knows that the, the TV camera's on the line, so Orton's complete, he's absolutely dying, knowing that this is a chair collapse. Uh, uh, that, that, that's, always, that's a running gag. I love that that's a running gag now. And joining uh, Rollins' team and Hogan's team, is Rusev. The problem is, where's Rusev's head? After, now we gotta, we gotta talk about this. At the start of Raw... Is there a bigger effort for Vince McMahon to beat AEW or destroy Rusev's marriage uh, with Lana? I don't know. <laughs> In theory, short term, it's Rusev, but long term, it's AEW. That, that's the target. So at the at the end of Raw, Rusev. So actually, it kind of intertwines. Raw was supposed to have Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins main event for the U.S. Champ- for the Universal Championship, and then Rey Mysterio came out and started the show to dedicate the match to Dominic. Brock Lesnar, who was announced for the show on Raw, comes out and immediately starts laying waste to people. Heyman took the mic from Rey Mysterio. Rey took the mic from him, and then Rey got promptly F5 twice by Lesnar. Lesnar then grabs Dominic out the crowd and it takes him to Suplex City with a vertical and a belly to belly. Ray tried to fight back, caught a third of five for his efforts, and Dominic continues to eat suplexes for breakfast. And, and Dominic <laughs> is stretched out of the building and Ray Mysterio joins him. So there was no title match for Ray. There was a title match. It turned out to be Rusev instead of Ray Mysterio. Match was all right, but it led to the, the closing moments. There was no finish. Because the closing moments had Lana come back, and Lashley come back, and then Lana embrace Lashley, and then Lana make out with Lashley, not once, but twice. God. Awesome. Storylines. My fucking God. Disrespect. The disrespect. Why? I I didn't didn't like this. I, I don't like this one either. I really don't. Like, Why? And then Aiden English completely pops out. Aiden English is basically confirmed what he already what he already claimed a year ago about the whole one night Milwaukee thing. Everybody was fascinated with Aiden English uh, with that. So that was 
Ooh, the disrespect. And the fact that Rusev didn't go up there and beat up Lashley was a bit of a shock. I think Rusev basically had a Ralph Wiggum moment. For those who don't know what a Ralph Wiggum moment is, the point in The Simpsons were, were they're at like some sort of awards show, and then Ralph professes his love to Lisa, and then Lisa basically says, I never really liked you like that. And you can, you can pinpoint, and then Bart literally pinpoints the point where Ralph Wiggum's heart breaks. That's effectively what Rusev, ha- what happened to Rusev on Raw. And as that's happening, as Rusev is being emotionally destroyed, uh, Seth Rollins gets physically destroyed. The Fiend reappears. The Fiend reappears and drops a mandible claw on Seth Rollins, basically putting him to sleep one more time before their match to Hell in a Cell for the Universal Championship. I, 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 I am sold on this gimmick as the weeks go on and Seth is like overreacting screaming to to Bray Wyatt who he's faced like 10,000 fucking times and and what's different this time he has a scary clown mask he's the second most over psycho clown in wrestling <laughs> Bray Wyatt's gonna win this fucking match but fuck. and he should and he should but I don't like this gimmick I'm still I don't. all for this gimmick. I'm, I'm still all for it. But I need to see Bray in more matches. I, I need to see him in more matches. I, I don't like it at all. Um, like, Seth, like, being, like, quasi afraid of Bray Wyatt, it, it just insults my fucking intelligence because this is a guy that used to be the glorified job of Bray Wyatt. And how am I supposed to... But your prerogative is your prerogative. Mm. The other match of the the other match that's really raw based uh, for Hell in a Cell is the Raw Women's Championship Hell in a Cell match of Becky and Sasha. Now Sasha beating Alexa Bliss on Raw what was a productive match. Sasha then tried to waylay on Alexa Bliss some more until Becky came out and Becky and Sasha continued the brawl all over the building as they've been that's been per usual. They've been really building that up very, very well between Becky and Sasha. I think they're going to tear it up in Hell in a Cell. I really do. Yes. They haven't even announced Bailey Charlotte. No. Yeah, we yeah we don't they they they've announced the only thing they've announced anything to do with SmackDown is uh the Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus effectively the Brud- the Bludgeon Brothers. That's effectively the only thing they've really announced on a SmackDown, the SmackDown side of things. We have the other titles defended in the form of the U.S. title between AJ and Cedric. Good match. AJ retained after an outstanding counter from the lumbar check to the Styles Clash. And AJ was able to tack all the way to the Styles Clash from the lumbar check position. That was incredibly impressive. The other title match was Heavy Machinery versus Rude and Ziggler. And what was a good match? And this was a good match. Heavy Machinery is continuing to get closer to the tag titles, but not quite there yet. They're about to hit the compact. They're on Rude. Ziggler intercepts with super kicks, which led to the glorious DDT and Rude paying Tucker to win, to retain. But that was a good match. Uh, look at Heavy Machinery. Their title will come, just not yet. That was the other. That was the other main things that happened on Raw, as they really built Hell in a, as they really promoted Hell in a Cell. And they really promo the SmackDown Live, the SmackDown premiere on Fox, with and, Rock coming back and, and everything else that's going on. So that's really what, what happened this week on Raw. Let's get to our. Since we um didn't really have a SmackDown review, we'll replace that with our picks of the week. But we're picking every game. Guess what? Not every college game, but every top 25 game and every NFL game. So let's go to week six in college football. And Penn State is off this week, right? Am I correct? Or you guys were off last week? What's up? You guys were off last week, right? No, well, we we might as well have been. Um, last week we played Maryland and we basically took over Maryland Stadium to the point where Penn State right, right, right. won 
challenge. I actually want to live my live my student challenge on the road, becoming the first college to do that. Penn State beat Maryland fifty nine to nothing in what was a merciless beating. Maryland actually had the ball first; it got picked off. Penn State turned it immediately into a touchdown and never looked back. It was to the point where Mar- where Penn State's uh, fan base literally stormed Maryland fan base, Maryland student section until they were told they had to go. And that kind of Schadenfreude basically won them the Live Moss of the week uh, for Penn State, which is which is incredible accomplishment to do that on the road. This week we played Purdue, and Purdue. It, the good news is we're playing Purdue at home, and it's homecoming, which which is nice. But the key to this whole thing with Purdue, Rondell Moore's not playing. Rondell Moore hurt his knee last week, and he's a, he's going to be out for a while. We wanted to deal with Purdue's best player or their quarterback, who quite honestly. He also hurt himself in the in, on the same play. He hurt his shoulder, I believe it was. But yeah. the point is, no Rondell Moore, and Purdue's quarterback's not even playing. Penn State's a four-touchdown favorite. I fully expect Penn State to dominate this game. I really do. Purdue can't run the ball, and, and now you have, your, you have a brand-new quarterback having to go to Happy Valley. That's an unwinnable battle. I think Penn State rolls in this game. I really do. Yes, I think Penn State rolls, too. But the biggest line of the week goes to my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. All right, let's talk about it. Five and a half points. Ooh. Big win last week against Virginia. Virginia tested us a little bit in the first half. Then our mm-hmm. defensive line just mur- ate Virginia for lunch. Three sack fumbles. Okay. And that was the difference, honestly. The three sack fumbles and the defensive touchdowns. Mm. So it it was a good week. We should be the bowling green. Mm-hmm. We should even cover. But forty five and a half is a lot. That's a lot for any top twenty-five team, even. Unless you're playing like a like a FCS squad, that's a lot for for a a normal D one team. Yeah, you guys roll. You guys should effectively dominate the game. I I see no reason why you you guys won't dominate. I don't think you'll overlook Bowling Green on football. You got what USC next week? Yes, USC. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you guys will overlook them. No. So I, I do think Notre Dame will, will roll. I think Notre Dame will, will dominate the game. I, I see no reason why they won't. I just don't think you'll I, – I think it'll be – you guys will play your guys in the first half, be up comfortably enough so you can put the backups in and get ready for for USC. Yeah, both Clemson and Alabama are not playing this week. Right. Um, But we have three big top 25 matchups. We have the Iowa and Michigan. Michigan's favored by three and a half, but I'm picking Iowa. Now, this is an interesting spot for, for me and for Penn State as a whole. On one hand, if Iowa wins, that makes Iowa-Penn State next week, as long as Penn State takes care of business, that makes that a monster game. And probably college game day going to Iowa to do Penn State-Iowa, even though that's a, that's a Fox game. That's a monster game, and with not quite two top tens, but two that are really, really close. As we'll get to other um, matchups that are coming um, later on in this whole in this segment here, but that becomes a monster game in the Big Ten, where, where either team can make a st- have a statement win. I would rather. I know. I know you would rather have the whiteout at night, but yes. but. I think Iowa winning would be more beneficial because Michigan. It would is... be. Iowa, Iowa looks the part of a better team. Yeah. Michigan tested and failed horribly. Iowa faced a decent Iowa State team and passed and won. Now, Iowa having to go to Michigan is concerning. I don't know if Iowa has the defense to deal with Wisconsin. I'm going to take Michigan. I don't feel good about it. I think Michigan wins the game. That's, gonna, that's a hard. That's a hard sell for Michigan. Iowa. That's a hard sell for Iowa to have to play um, Michigan and then Penn State. That's a hard sell for Iowa to have to deal with back to back weeks. Yeah. 
They got the raw end of the uh, Big Ten schedule, Big Ten yeah, West. It's 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 a rough one. I mean, every every big team in the in the conference has a back to back or something close to it, like a two out of three or three out of four, something like that, where it's it's not easy. Everyone's got one. Where Michigan's got, I they had Wisconsin and got hammered, and then they got okay, Rutgers was the bye, and they got Iowa, and then Illinois. By and then Penn State and then Notre Dame, so they got three out of four. Their three out of four stretch starts now. Yep. And yeah, like Wisconsin, they're going to destroy Kent State. We don't have to worry about that. But then Wisconsin has a stretch where they got to deal with they got to deal with Ohio State in a couple weeks. That kind of stuff. Everyone's got one. Everyone, everyone in the conference has one of those types of stretches. Then we have Auburn and Florida. Yeah, I think that's a. That's a rough stretch for Iowa to have to deal with, quite honestly. It really is. Yes. Auburn and Florida. That is a good game. I'm picking Florida at home to pull it off, even though. So, oh, yeah, let's, let's let's get to the rest of this. Uh... I picked Florida. Are you going Florida or are you going Auburn? I don't like Florida at all. I honestly, the way Florida played against Miami, that, that was highly, highly, highly concerning. I have to, I have to. Yeah, I'm taking Auburn on the road. I, I really am. I, I don't like the way Florida played at all. And then you lose Felipe Franks, uh, who, granted, isn't that good. Uh, you lose your starting quarterback. That's a, a sizable deal. I just think Auburn, I, Auburn on the road, they were battle testing. Battle tested against A&M, they passed. They were tested against uh, Oregon, they passed. And Oregon, I think, is a pretty good squad. So, I got Auburn on the road to be a pretty overrated Gator team. And then we have Ohio State, Michigan State. Sparty versus Ohio State. That's a good game. Finally, Ohio State faces a real defense. Sparty, the good news is you have a real defense. You have a, a defense that can go places. Even the though is Ohio State has say, a real Even though I will say, oh, Michigan State did not look good last week. They yeah. did not look good last week. They gave up a lot of points uh, this week. So that's con- last week. So that's concerning. Even with that, I still expect Ohio State to win. I just don't think they're going to blow the doors off people. Buckeyes will win, but I don't think it's going to be a, like a monster amount of – you're going to put up a monster amount of points. Yeah, I agree with that actually as well. So we go to the NFL, the National Football League, and we have an interesting Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. The second of two weeks. And do we have an interesting one next week actually? I'm just looking. Um. No, we don't. Actually, it is actually interesting. Um, Giants-Patriots. But this week, it's the Rams and the Seahawks. Rams and Seattle's a good game. It's a good game. Two, three, and one teams. Uh, Seattle looked good against a bad Cardinal team. And we got the Rams, who fell flat on their face against Tampa. Games at Seattle. I'm going to take the Seahawks in this game. I am going to take Seattle here, too, because you don't win in that house of doom. It's very hard. It's very hard to win in that house of doom. Jets and Eagles. You would think the Eagles would blow the Jets out, right? I mean, the Jets, even with a bye, the Jets and the Jets are, are still trash, and Sam Darnold's not back, and the Eagles saved themselves against the Packers, plus 10, 10 days of rest, and, and get right for this game. I hope to God. I don't I think the Eagles God. will roll. If I you don't, the there's a problem. But I think the Eagles will roll. Yeah, I think the Eagles will roll, too. The tanking, who's going to tank more? The Cardinals are the Bengals. Bengals on a short week, but a hideous offensive line. Cardinals on a normal week and an equally hideous offensive line. Uh, okay, so finally somebody's going to actually win, in theory, unless the Cardinals tie again, between the Cardinals and the Bengals. And 
Leave it up to the bungles to tie. Leave it up to the bungles. That would be such a, a bungles thing to do. I think the Cardinals are a little bit better. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm thinking the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Bills and Titans. No, the Bills fans aren't still salty about the Music City Miracle or the fact that their quarterback, Josh Allen, got injured on a dirty hit last week. I can't figure Tennessee out for the life of me. I really can't. And to me, this, this prediction all revolves around the health of Josh Allen. If Allen's healthy, I'm absolutely taking the Bills. If Allen's not, I would, I would take Tennessee. It's all about, to me, yeah. it's all about Josh Allen. If what I understand, the concussion protocol, he still remains there and will be limited to individual drills and team meetings. This is as of yesterday, or 12 hours ago. This is as of 12 hours ago. So he's still very iffy to play, so I'm going to right now assume he doesn't and take Tennessee. Bears and Raiders. How Oakland's 2-2, two and two, I have no idea. But Oakland's two and two. Yeah, I gotta give it to them, I guess. Yeah, we gotta give it to Oakland here because they are two and two. Is it just me, or did Chicago look a whole lot better last week without Mr. Trubisky? And they it's a ridiculous question because I know it's not just me. A lot of people think that Chicago's defense still exists. Khalil Mack returns to Oakland, has a monster game. Give me the Bears. I'll give you the Bears as well. Buccaneers and the House of Doom of New Orleans. Gotta give it to the Saints. They're holding it down without uh, Drew Brees. The Saints, all the Saints had to do to me was get, if they can get the four and two without Drew in these six weeks, they're supposed to not have him. Homefield's not lost. Homefield still isn't lost. Tampa Bay actually puts up a fight because their offense is good. New Orleans is still a little bit better. Give me the Saints. Vikings and Giants. Surely the Vikings. Now, Kirk Cousins, you're playing a pretty bad team. They have the same record as you, but they don't have the talent you have. Kirk Cousins was right to apologize on Minnesota local radio to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and everybody else for playing like trash. I have to think that, that the Vikings will bounce back and get it done because of their defense. Daniel Jones, you're about to get tested by a real defense. This will not end well for you. I don't think it'll end well with Daniel Jones either. Give me the Vikings. Ravens and Steelers. Pittsburgh, I think their win was kind of fool's gold because of how bad the Bengals are. This is why on social media I have not included the Steelers in in terms of the prime contenders of the tank. Not just because Miami has their pick. I didn't include them because I thought they were a little bit more talented than everyone else. And the fact that they're going to probably have three or four wins just because of their sheer talent. Baltimore, I think, is still a pretty good team, even though they got pummeled last week by Nick Chubb and the Browns. I think the Ravens is just better than the Steelers. I think they're they're yeah. going to go to work and redeem themselves. Give me give me uh, Baltimore. Yeah, give me Baltimore there. One, two, three, Patriots. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Dwayne Haskins. I, I really Haskins. I, I, no, normally, I don't feel bad for Buckeyes, but this one I actually kind of. I feel bad for this going in bad. Washington is amongst the tank, the, the, the contending tankers, and they're going to show why they are uh, in such group. New England dominates this game. Jaguars and Panthers. Both teams celebrating their silver anniversary this year. Both teams have, are really, really weird right now, but both of look good with backup QBs. I will give them both credit. You know what? I'm going to take a Garner. I'm going to take Garner and his crew. Give me Jackson. I'm going as well. Um, because Minshew is, uh, has a better mustache than uh, Kyle Allen could ever. <laughs> and, he, and Minshew is the better player. Nick Foles might not get his job back. I don't know. Yeah, Minshew is playing really, really well. I will give him a whole lot of credit for that. That division's wide open, too. So. So. Falcons, Texans, speaking of the AFC South, and the NFC I really can't. I really can't figure out Atlanta for the life of me. I, I thought Atlanta... So, they are so bad. How Matt, does Atlanta... So with, all that, with, all that offensive, with all that offensive talent, the fact that Atlanta's one and three is baffling. 
I'm going to take Houston. Houston just looks like the better, more all-around team. And I have to think that Dan Quinn can't last so much longer as their coach. No, and Dan Quinn's not going to. It's a coaching issue. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's on Quinn. I really do. Their offense, their offense is okay and can function without him, but that defense does not look good. Broncos Chargers. We only have two 4 p.m. games this week. Because the main event one's the next one. Uh, Broncos Chargers, Denver just doesn't look good at all. I have to think Denver's going to lose this game. And I think at this point, I'd have to include Denver in the contending tankers. So, Chargers. Sure. I will have to pick the Chargers, too. Denver's bad. They can't move the ball for shit. Nope. Packers, Cowboys. Now, this is good. This is the main event, obviously. And, and obviously, you know, Fox is going to be there. You know, Buck and, and Aikman and, and Aaron Andrews and the crew. Well, maybe not Buck because Buck's got the playoffs. So, Aikman and Andrews and the A crew, not named Joe Buck, who's probably going to do the, the MLB playoffs, uh, going to be posted up in Dallas. This is a really good game. I'm torn on this game. I'm going to take Dallas at home, but it's going to be a really good game. It will take any moral fiber for me to pick Dallas. <laughs> I like Green Bay's defense a lot better than Dallas's, and and that's okay. And that's fair. Packers win. Um, Colts Chiefs. All right, Sunday night game. This is going to be a gonna be taking the Packers here. Sunday night game, Colts taking the Packers. I'm taking the Chiefs. Just too good. They might be not going to win on the best team of football. Yeah, not going to win on the best team of football. Uh, there's another way to say it. And they're, they're doing this with, while Tyreek Hill is rehabbing his injury. I'd imagine he'll be back in two or three weeks. I think Kansas City takes their business. Uh, they're just too good. The Browns are back on Monday Night Football versus the 49ers. Interesting. Yeah. I'm taking so the 49ers. This is the third out of four weeks that Cleveland's been on primetime TV. So we got the Monday Night game with the Jets. We had the Sunday Night game with the Rams. They were on, they were on a probably the second tier game on uh, CBS last week with the Ravens. And now they have a primetime. I think one's good. I really do think Cleveland. I'm actually going to take the Browns on the road. I think Cleveland is a, is a good squad. I don't completely love the Niners. I'm going to take the Browns in the upset. Give me Cleveland. I'll, I'll take San Francisco. Okay. Yep. I'll take San Francisco because I like that defense right now. That defense is clicking. That's a pretty productive defense. I will give him that. That's a pretty productive defense. Uh, the nine, the Niners can play some D. And then, and then we'll do World Series predictions. As the Rays look like they're gonna coast to a wild card berth, so we'll assume the Rays will win. Um. My World Series is the Washington Nationals versus the New York Yankees. Mm, okay. I'm with momentum right now. I don't All like right. the Dodgers in this series. See, the Dodgers get picked off in NLDS by the Nats. All right, cool. And I think the ALCS will be the Nats and the Braves. East teams in the NLCS, and then who do you have the Yankees beating in the ALCS? Astros. Yeah, the Astros. Okay. I we have the same ALCS, so I'm going to take the Astros. I think the Dodgers will beat Washington, and I think the uh, the Braves I do think will beat the Cardinals, and then it'll be Dodgers Braves. I got the Dodgers beating Atlanta. 
and then they run it back from 2015 to from 2017, and it's the same result. Houston's just a little bit better. Give me the Astros in seven against the Dodgers. So I'm going to take I like, Houston. I like Washington's pitching. Okay. They've got three that can match up with anybody, and that includes the Dodgers. That's, that's a fair point. They can bang with the Dodgers in terms of the pitching. Understandable. I think the Dodgers then, have an overall better lineup, even though it's close. And then we, we do NHL Stanley Cup prediction. A tough call because there's a whole lot of parity. A team I really love that's going to really make a jump, I think, is Colorado. I think I love the way the Avs are moving forward. I think the Avs can absolutely be a Final Four team. I'm going to, and probably against my better judgment, say San Jose gets out of the West. I'm torn on them in Vegas. I think them in Vegas are two really, really good Vegas teams. Vegas out of the West. You think what? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Vegas is out the West. Okay, that's a yeah. That's a tough one. That's a really, really tough one between the two of them, between Vegas and um and, and San Jose. I'm going to take San Jose out the West and in the East. Ooh, I don't want to get burned by Tampa. I don't want to get burned by Tampa again. Toronto got better on defense. Boston's aging, but Boston's still really good. The Capitals are really good in the Metro and probably the best team still in the Metro. I'm going to go Washington, San Jose in the final. And the Sharks finally win the Cup. I'll go Toronto, Las Vegas. Okay, Toronto and Vegas. And then Toronto wins. Mm. As the Capitals did beat the Blues tonight, so. Yes, uh, Capitals won 3-2 to two in overtime. Uh, Verona with the old team winner as St. Louis hoisted the Stanley Cup. I love what the, and you know what though? I love the, the thing that they do where the captain uh, takes the cup and puts it on the back of the table where Batman uh, took it off of to give him the cup when they win it. I lo- it's kind of a good way to, to end last season and start this one at the same time. So I really do like the way they, they pull that. Ovechkin scored because that's what he does. And the Blues got their got their banner, and they got their rings. I love that they gave the uh, Olivia, uh, the the little the blue uh, the girl, who's become kind of an inspiration for them. Uh, I love that they they gave her a ring a couple of days ago. Although that was a good look, but ultimately I'm going to take. Uh, I don't think the Blues repeat as champion. I think the Blues will still make the playoffs again. I, I think yeah. the Blues are. It's, 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 this is a really really deep NHL. What's up? And they got um, Justin Krause from Carolina. Oh, Justin Falk. Yeah, Justin Falk. Yes. Justin Falk. Uh, yeah, Justin Falk from, from Carolina. I thought that was a good move. Uh, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the big time teams really improved this year. A lot of teams really improved this year. So this is going to be a really really good year with a whole lot of depth. Oh, Tavares got the cap. I thought that was going to be Austin Matthews, but Tavares got the captain for the for the Maple Leafs. Oh, all right, cool. But yeah, it's, it's gonna it's a whole lot of depth there. It's a whole lot of depth. In the NHL, so I'm looking forward to all the hockey. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of Penguin jerseys tomorrow, as the Penguins will be hosting, will be um, starting their NHL season. The Flyers will start on Friday. I'm looking forward to all this. This is going to be a good year in hockey. Yes, and then the NBA will preview in a couple weeks. Right. So Twitter plugs. Twitter.com slash BeastMike is where you can find me. I will be doing the sports splits tomorrow. I will obviously keep up with the sports lounge. I'm going to put out my NHL preview in full on the lounge probably tomorrow. If not tomorrow, no later than Friday. I'm going to put out the, uh, the NHL preview in full and kind of talk about all 31 teams and where everyone stands to me and, and all that. So look out for that. Obviously, I will be at the Penn State game on Saturday uh, with Penn State and Purdue. It's a noon kick. So we're, we're going to get all get up early to watch Penn State probably beat Purdue's brains in and then see what else happens otherwise. So that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing this weekend. And you can see me at the Monster Factory this Saturday as we have a, a big card coming up at the Monster Factory. You can follow me at DJ Z Cooks Wrestle, DJ Z Cooks Music, and GITR Wrestle.
And and that will do it for Ken the Ring this week for your beats, Mike. This is DJ D Cooks. And you're listening to Ken the Ring on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.